0: Welcome to the Chewy Clark Radio Hour. Oh, lord, New Greta Van Fleet. the Song is called Lover Lever. Again by Greta Van Fleet can't wait for this whole album to drop this year. Incredible band. Out of Michigan, I believe. And apparently these guys were raised listening to their parents' vinyl collection. Two of them are twin brothers. Another is a younger brother of the twins. And then a longtime family friend is the drummer. And... They listen to their folks' classic rock vinyl collection, and this is the sound that comes out from these 19, 20-year-olds. The spirit of rock and roll is still alive and well. That's the news tonight, ladies and gentlemen. The spirit of metal is still alive and well. The spirit of good hip-hop is alive and well. And there is a spirit of, uh, I think, peace and brotherhood and liberty and freedom. All the good things that you make you step back and say, you know, life isn't too bad. It ain't bad at all. All that stuff still exists, despite all the sound and fury and noise, especially in the news. And joining me tonight in Troy's stead, uh, Troy could not make it tonight. I think he might be out next Monday, too. I went and saw Venom with him last night. will get into a review of that movie a little bit. But uh, joining me tonight in his stead, Southern Wood. And and how, how do you get into the Hall of Fame, Joey?
1: You, you you step in when somebody can't make it. Exactly. You step up. Exactly. And and I'm got. You're a team player. I, hey, look, I'm not gonna mention Baron and Kristen's name. That's mighty, on mighty. the radio, Mighty White. I'm not gonna do that. Mm. I have nicknamed them the Green Team. They are so jealous that they have not gotten into the Hall of Fame the yet. The Green
0: Team. Yeah.
1: Oh, they're green with that envy.
0: Green with envy. Okay. Both of them. Strong words coming out
1: of the gate from Southern Wood. I'm just, no, it's honest word. All I can be is honest. And, I mean, they wonder why this is why.
0: Mm.
1: Who shows up whenever called on? It's
0: the MVP. Southern Wood. That's who is in the Hall of Fame. You know, I'm going to have to play this back for them. I'm going by the fair tonight after work. By the way, I'm still trying to get over no tobacco, folks. So I'm chewing some Eclipse gum. I like that stuff. It's good. And it really gets the oral fixation. You know, sets it right for me. Anyway, I'm going by the fair. And I'm going to eat some more cheese curds. Because those things are freaking amazing. Yeah, some curds. No, I mean, they are worth it. I will probably buy like $10 worth of cheese curds. <laughs> and I was reading earlier today that a quality curd squeaks a little bit when you bite into it. Like, a, like it should be a little squeak. That means that they're fresh and high quality. They're almost like rubbery, but not tough. And the curds of the fair. Oh, it's so good. Dipped in some ranch, some marinara. Hey, you, Sauce. I know. That's one of my old nicknames, Sauce sauce because I will dip everything pretty much in ranch or like a good blue cheese dressing if I'm feeling a little tangy. Anyway, I'm getting off I'm going to tell Baron and Christy I might even play for them what you're saying right now. I'm not scared. Because they should be at the fair. I'm not scared. So you say it to their faces.
1: Oh yeah, I say it to their faces. You say that
0: they are the green team. To yeah. their
1: faces. Oh yeah, Baron's got this stupid like buzzer thing now where he dumps you and gives you the buzzer. And oh, yeah. I, I've been buzzed twice. No, and actually, let's get into that. I let's, mean, let's heck get into with that. that because
0: jealousy—that's where it comes from. Well, I can sense something here, Southernwood. Now you call in as eighty-four to that show? Yeah, yeah. Had to use a fake name on that show. I understand, but we had. I think he goes by Miami during that show. He called in as like 65 on this show. Yeah, mm-hmm. deep voice gentleman, great voice yeah, for radio. Yeah, radio voice. Dude. Yeah, great, great calls too. He called up asking about the caller seminar, and largely I agree with it. It keeps people, you know, quick and snappy on topic. But as you know with this show, unless it's a very special episode. It's just a casual conversation. It's like cheers on the radio. With, or maybe we need a more updated television reference, but you know the, the meaning of that. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I want to know, as a caller, not as an in-studio guest, but as a caller who has been listening to talk radio for years and calling Correct. in, I imagine, um, have you always, now be truthful, have you ever called in and said a different name and maybe put on a different voice? No, no sugar. <laughs> I have not. See, <laughs> but as a long-time caller, short-term listener, how do you feel about this new caller seminar and getting bust? I think I think it's I think
1: it really is actually good. Yeah. If you institute it, because it does you you can't and in in radio it does you have a tendency to once you get familiar with people right. and i've 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 gotten to meet all y'all and and i'm just having a conversation and i'm the world's worst i'm telling you i'm the world's worst is you get to just having a conversation like you you're just sitting right. you know at, at your house on the couch drinking sure. a beer, and you're just uh, yeah, uh, 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 and and that does not translate over the radio. And I think that that what is happening on that show, you have to consciously think, okay, I've got to tighten everything up. Yeah, I've got to talk quicker. I've got to get it out faster. You see how much faster I'm talking than I normally do? <laughs> yeah, you've improved. See, I've, I'm already getting trained, but it's I think it does help and then you actually bring something to the program because people out there, there are probably, I don't know, let's just say there's 5,000 people listening to you right now, and we'll just, we'll lowball it, very much lowball. There's 5,000 people. Let's say it's 1,000. Let's say it's 1,000 listening. Yeah. There's still not going to be but three people that have the courage to pick up the phone and call. Yeah. That doesn't mean that there's three people listening. And so when you call and you actually get on air and you get your point out and you get through and you don't get cut off, then you feel like you have accomplished something. You're like, I actually added something to the program
0: instead of just repeated something that's already been said. And I want to give bold callers their due. After even doing this, being up here in studio, the one running the microphone, my name is on the show so humbly. When I call in to a program. Especially if it's like something I want to accomplish. Like I want to talk like I'm Lindsey Graham. I'm tired of this crap that's been the most despicable thing I have seen in fol- politics. I'm fit to be tied. Fit to be tied. Just throw me in the laundry basket. Just, you know, let me roll around like like I'm a bounce sheet. <laughs> I'm just angry. And so, like, if I call up and I want to use one of these voices, I'll actually get nervous. There's something intimidating about having to talk to disembodied voices. And that's, that's the thing. It's right. it is, it's easier
1: to sit here, and, and this is what's confusing to me, is I've seen people come in over the last couple of years and sit in front of the microphone that are actually really good callers, and, and they, they won't clam say up. anything. Yeah. And it's so much easier because you and I can make eye contact. Yeah. And when I see you look down, it means you know there's tails in conversation. And when you break eye contact, that means hey, I'm not, <laughs> I, I I'm not digging what you're saying, or you know uh, that that's or enough. we need to move you on. You need to stop. That's else. right. That that's how. See, you just look down. That means you're ready to change. Yes. And well, I'm going to carry it on. And that's hard over the phone because you don't know, and especially there's still a slight delay, and it's hard to really hear the reaction. Yeah. You can't see the face reactions, right. especially when you tell a dry joke and people are trying not to laugh. Oh, right! And they lean back and hold their mouth and giggle. Is Was that funny or did it? fall flat and so it's
0: a lot easier when you're doing it you know face to face no i think we're actually in an age of we're over analyzing everything i think we are whether it's radio or the internet or politics because we have instant communication i think everybody's a little bit scrambled Like, all the furniture of their mind has been overturned. Or, you know how, like, my dad, this used to happen to him, where he would go on, like, a week business trip. Not a, like he's weak and it was it was not making much money. No, he would, for a week long, he would go on a trip out of town. And my mom would get the great idea of, of rearranging the furniture in the living room. And I would help her out. And he'd come home from a late night flight and driving in from Atlanta at 2 a.m. And walked through uh, and run into And the run church. into everything. <laughs> and I feel like that's what's happening to people's minds is like every time we're reacting to. New information that is now instant, whether it's the Kavanaugh thing or you're now seeing like Musk Elon Musk, for instance. To see him and his company in one breath like saw Jay, the dancing Jay Bear, Jay Scott posted a time lapse of a rocket being shot off in California yesterday. Magnificent. But then also it's it's confusing to people that he's this guy helping to accomplish Something like that. But then at the same time, he's also the guy on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, hitting the blunt. And I think there are a lot of people going, what? Huh? And then there's reactions from the Securities and Exchange Commission because of his tweets. And then we can jump. My general point is, and I'm kind of explaining it right now by example, is there's so much information. It's like, what do you choose to care about? What do you choose to pay attention to? And half the time, it's so disorienting, I don't even know. And we can pick our lane, we can pick our narrative, but I try to hop around
1: different and, and, lanes. And I, I think that's that's one thing about, and, and this actually ties into being a caller to talk radio, the only thing you can do is be yourself. Yes. And and I I think I do a decent job. Yes. You I, I don't do. I don't get very many uh, it, generally if somebody gets pissed off about something I say, it's because I said it on purpose and they didn't know I was joking about it and right. that really just really just juices me up when I hear that. I'm like, yes, it was convincing. But just be yourself and don't overanalyze. If you want to call and say something, call and say it. Yeah. May it sound stupid? Sure, it might. Right. I've said lots of stupid oh, things. I've
0: said plenty of stupid and, crap. But, I just said stupid crap a few minutes ago.
1: But you just keep doing it, And but the biggest key is just be yourself. Right. And if, if you're yourself, it's like what, uh, doggone, I was trying to think of his name another night. He, say, he said, if you never tell a lie, you never have to remember what you said. mm mm-hmm just be yourself you don't have to act any different just say what you mean well, and sometimes you know what sometimes people are going to disagree with you well, and sometimes lead.
0: you need to get it out and you know even after you say it that maybe i shouldn't have but actually i should have to just think out loud i needed to say that to get that off my chest so it could be corrected or it could be refined in a certain way and you know there's one thing i wanted to really get out here My trouble these days. Because I have. I listened back last week, the week before. And I feel like at times I'm all over the place. Because at the end of the day, I often... The biggest thing I'm always fighting when I'm trying to present a show or just go through daily life is boredom. Like, maybe it runs in the family or something. I think my mom was like this. Not so much with the boredom, but with boredom disappointment like things don't live up to the expectations in your mind so like when i'm watching like kavanaugh live as we speak is being ceremonially uh it's ceremonial that he's being sworn in and he's at the white house right now speaking right whatever <laughs> but it's like okay i knew this day was going to come i really did like, I can go back three weeks ago when that first statement from Dianne Feinstein came out that, yes, we have a letter and this person needs to remain confidential, but the FBI will investigate. I knew as soon as I saw that, oh, the actual person's name and identity will be leaked to the media. It won't remain confidential. And I have a feeling it's going to be something like a sexual assault allegation because it's, you know, the Me Too era. Like, I kind of, and then I was sad and disappointed. Because this Kavanaugh thing has struck a nerve with the nation. It was a shock, was like shock therapy that lit up politically minded people and people that aren't even that politically minded to have a position on this. And yet, in the midst of this storm, this shock therapy and this fight over Kavanaugh, and whether or not you believe Kavanaugh or you believe Blasey Ford or you believe both of them in a way, or you think the whole thing's a circus, I'm sitting there going, Why am I so bored? Why is it that I knew this was going to happen? Why, I wish I could be surprised by the drama of it, by people's reactions, and yet I'm like, oh, maybe I've been doing this too long. Am I burnt out? No, because I really do care. So it's like, what, what can actually get you through the day to make you feel surprised? And here's what I've learned, is if you keep trudging through the mundane, through what you expect, and you even maybe to a fault are constantly disappointed. If you keep trudging through that boredom and disappointment, at the end of the day something does actually surprise you. And you wake up one morning, you check the news, and you go, "Whoa! I haven't seen that before." Yeah. For instance, you've heard of Banksy, right? Banksy, street artist.
1: I don't know if I have or not. He is, is like,
0: world-renowned for his street art, but also that he is uh, he's an anonymous fellow. Nobody know, He is so well-known, like his artwork is very well-known, where it's clever sometimes, uh, it's politically charged sometimes, sometimes it's just a joke. Like, it's very well done and very clever. Well, one of his well pieces of art was sold at auction over the weekend. And it's this sort of thing that surprises me. I'm pulling up the article now. Has he got anything he, in his Pens- no, Maybe. He's all <laughs> over the place, man. He's known for his pranks. Kind of performance art and like highbrow pranks that make you go, oh. Well, his latest prank cost somebody over a million bucks. He no, that's is a prank. Okay. There's a framed version of Banksy's Girl with a Balloon. It's a beautiful image, actually. It's pretty iconic when you see it. Well, it was on the auction block Friday night in London. Oh, I, I I did hear about this. And I know it goes through start. and after it somebody cast the winning bid of one point four million dollars an alarm within the painting sounded and the canvas began to pass through a shredder a paper shredder hidden in the frame <laughs> <laughs> we have talked with the successful purchaser who was surprised by the story we are in the discussion is about the next steps at the auction house Banksy himself captured the moment of shredding on Instagram with a photo captioned going going gone <laughs> <laughs> I actually like that, and it really is, folks. Like falling out of the picture frame, being shredded. Oh, it came all the way out. Yeah, it didn't look at stay it. Stay within it. Look, you can see it in detail. It's kind of coming out of the bottom of it in sl- you know different slivers.
1: Well, see, now that that's, that's just another piece of art. Now you've not just got the piece of art. Right. You've got the shredded pieces. And then, Take them and just
0: stick them back up there. Then he posted a video, too, of how he hid the shredder within the frame and how he knew when to set it off in case it was ever put up for auction. How he put this whole thing together. And that's... I love stuff like that. It's why I like like the Ocean's Eleven movies, like where certain people are so intelligent they take everyday convention and boredom and they just surprise you to no end.
1: Yeah, it's not it's just the next story. step. You're thinking three dimensionally or four dimensionally. Right. You're going way farther. And when he constructed that whole thing, he built it that way. I, I'm I. I love it. Well, and now,
0: and to the point you just made a second ago, it's worth more now. It's part of art history. Whoever keeps those sh- shredded, you know, the different slivers of the painting, will keep them together. Probably could be sold for more. <laughs> it's now part of history. And when I saw that story, I was like, never seen that before. Now, you know, I also watch a lot of uh, Rass- wrestling. Rass- yeah. Wrestling, as Ted Turner used to call it, which for some reason I thought Ted Turner was dead. No, I mean, he's not. He's alive. He's still very much alive. He's alive. He 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 has looked dead for like the last twenty five years. I'm like, what happened, man? You were just this driven entrepreneur, and I guess he got bought out. I guess the corporate world kind of chewed him up. And he was like, "To hell with this." Smart move of getting out. Go enjoy your life. Enjoy your money. Enjoy the wealth you built. But, oh. I'm pulling up, and I just saw it on Instagram. A weird camera shot of this UFC fight. And so I watch a lot of wrestling. At the last, I think, UFC, one of the big championship fights, Daniel Cormier wins. Brock Lesnar, who at the time was the WWE Universal Champion, goes into the ring and starts shoving Cormier. Cormier's a legit fighter. So was Lesnar. They could both kill you with their bare hands. But that was obviously a work, as they called it in the business. Dana White and Vince McMahon, you know, Brock Lesnar, I don't know if Cormier was in on it or not, but Brock Lesnar on his own doesn't just get into a UFC cage without some of the bigwigs knowing it. And it really builds up anticipation that Lesnar's maybe going to come back in a year or two. And it's a smart move. And a lot of people who are down on wrestling, it needs to be treated like this Banksy thing. Like it's performance art. Like what Muhammad Ali did. He got a lot of that from the original Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers. There's, wrestling is a brilliant at promotion and getting buzz and eyes on what the actual prize is, which is entertainment.
1: And and that would be my question about that fiasco that went on exactly. after the fight last night. I don't think it's a if, work. If or is it? Well, that's. I, I'm just. I'm just curious. I, I have actually no opinion on it. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't. But it sure makes you think. Are they going to turn this into wrestling? With just more consequences.
0: Where well, and it's not for folks as who don't written. know, Conor McGregor and Khabib—I can't remember—I can't say Khabib's last name, but he's Russian. Khabib is. Conor McGregor's Irish. He had the go <laughs> Well,
1: no, Conor McGregor had the greatest quote in the history of sports last night. Go ahead. What did he say?
0: <laughs> go ahead. I, I, I'm I'm going to run it by you at the break. Okay. To make sure that we can play. Fair it. enough. But. McGregor, I think, from all accounts, I didn't get to see the fight. I didn't buy the pay-per-view, but I saw the highlights and McGregor lost pretty handily. I mean, it was a good fight. There should be a rematch. But he taps out in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And just in this chokehold, And he's like, he's trying not to give up. And he's like, oh, God, this guy's about to lock it in and kill me. So, taps. Pretty soft. And Khabib lets go. And you think, okay, he won. Great. Then he kind of turns and looks at McGregor's corner man outside the octagon, outside the cage. And, like, something is set. You can see him, you know, what should be this victorious moment where he's celebrating. He is livid. I, I think what McGregor's guy, at least what Khabib and others are saying, he, like, called him some... might have used a four-letter word, Muslim rat or something. And that just was like the final straw. And so in a single leap, and this is what blew me away, because I had an angle from the back. It was somebody in the stands, the camera shot. I first saw this. In a single leap, he's on top of that cage. He's out of that cage. He's on that guy who threw the insult at him. And then the crazy thing is, these guys hop into the cage. When McGregor's not looking, start hitting him. And to McGregor's credit, he doesn't hit back. He can kill those dudes. And this goes back to McGregor, like, attacked a bus with Khabib on it. or just, Like, there's just so much crap going on. And say so that's exactly what was running through my
1: head was that dang bus deal exactly. that
0: happened. And so because I've watched so much of the sports entertainment pile, as Vince McMahon would call wrestling, it makes me wonder how, because no charges are going to be filed. Mm-hmm the Nevada or is the sports commission is investigating we're not giving out the money just yet but like if i'm writing this as a wrestling promotion as a work a scripted drama this is freaking brilliant it's pretty good script it's a genius <laughs> script you've got people bringing in nation and insulting each other's fathers and Like, it's just this vicious fight. There's scuffles outside of the actual octagon, the actual arena. It makes it just even more intense. Can you imagine if these guys get back into that octagon... With more money on the line, but not just money and the title, but also all this pride and built up animosity. It just makes, like, I'm getting excited right now just talking about it. Would you,
1: if if they fought again in six months, would you pay for oh, it? Oh, of course. Exactly. Or I'd
0: find somebody who would and go watch. It's, exactly. It, so it makes me go, Am I getting played? Yes, you are. Probably. <laughs> probably. But,
1: but I don't still, mind. here's the
0: thing, though, Joe, I respect we... it. Here's the thing. It's like Banksy with the painting. I respect that. It's still entertaining. Yes. It doesn't matter if you're getting played. I no, I sometimes I love being. I for instance, I'm an Undertaker. Mark Undertaker. He's a little older these days, but he just fought in Australia again. Him and Triple H last match ever. And Triple H had Shawn Michaels, Heartbreak Kid, in his corner. Undertaker. Had Kane, who's now mayor of Knox County, Tennessee. (laughs) So the big red mayor (laughs) instead of the big red machine. (laughs) So it's, you know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, the original DX against the Brothers of Destruction. And like there's all this stupid back history, but they have this match and I loved it. And I know I'm a sucker for The Undertaker. And I know I'm a sucker for all this stuff. I'm a sucker for Game of Thrones and for. Well, I'm also a sucker, at least for politics. But that brings me back to actually, when it comes to news or political news to be exact, I'm a bit bored with it. Burnt out isn't the word anymore. I was burnt out where I was frustrated. Yeah, really? Yeah, just a bit. You've and gone who is it? That. Yeah, no, and it's gone beyond frustration to now it's just like, really, y'all are still doing it? we're still doing this in this way I, I it's see, almost like just huh, sad and, and i
1: see your point it's because it it appears if it's not it dang sure appears this that's what they do up there it's a lot of just showboating and and uh you know grandstanding and things yeah. like that and i mean come on guys i mean you got to pick your game up and if that be the case, which I believe it is, at least Lindsey Graham picked his game up. I mean, he came out of nowhere. Lindsay. He, like, the fall turned good when Lindsey Graham said what he did at the hearings this week. Well, and and it was like, no, what? What? Wait, th-
0: is that Lindsey Graham? Are you sure that's Lindsey Graham? And there Graham? is something entertaining about Lindsey Graham. He does have one of those effeminate Southern voices, very South Carolina. Uh, and yeah, I'm tired of this crap. <laughs> it's like a great line. He, he gets going, and you know, don't get me wrong. I don't want anybody to be mistaken where I stand. Lindsey Graham has often. I do not like him. Like, I'm not talking about personally. Actually, I'd probably get along with them just fine. Well, but you don't like, like any of them, though, Joey. No, but no, actually, of all the folks out there to hang out with, I would hang out and have a drink and want to talk to Lindsey Graham. No doubt. I oh, would yeah. love that. He'd have to be in. Inter- He'd be fascinating. But it's more like I would be asking him questions about, like, why is it absolutely necessary to be spying on Americans? He's the guy who said, well, if you have nothing to hide, why should you be worried? I don't care if, you know, Verizon gives all their information to the government. You think he really believes that? Well, and that's that's the type of conversations I'd want to have with him. You know, all the, this war and, and obligations imperial, as I would put it, the American empire, like military obligations abroad, whether it's covering Europe's ass or covering South Korea and Japan's butts, or what's going on in the Middle East with Iran and helping Saudi Arabia now, and that whole powder keg. I would love to talk to Lindsey Graham about it, because I disagree with him a lot. Just from the way he presents it, it makes me go, oh. But it was a refresh. Again, that's another surprising thing. Somebody that I have loathed in politics, because of his policies, to see him be, I think, a genuine person in a moment of frustration actually surprised me and made me like him. I will give political news, it's due. What Lindsey Graham did this last week genuinely surprised me and gave me a little hope not in political solutions, but just that I want to see more people be themselves. There you go. And if that can be the one reward of the Trump era, enough of the bullcrap pretense and the politically correct speech from both sides... Well, I'm an Alabamian. I believe in Jesus and reading the Bible and family and the Second Amendment. I'm a conservative. There you go. Like, let's, uh, no, okay, I'm sure you do believe in Jesus and you like your guns and you go to church every Sunday. But come on, man, I want to know you. And it's folks that do that who actually surprise me and pull me out of my boredom. We got to hit a break here. So what it sounds like I hear the music playing again Greta Van Fleet some new tunes. Joey Clark. You Joey Clark
1: 8, 6, seven at the
0: beep you new song folks came out today the song's called 80's babies hey it ain't nothing
1: like an old school track I get the party jumping just like that I say what, I say what it ain't nothing like an old school track I get the party jumping just like that just yes, in my 80's
0: I thought Southern would get a kick out of this. Yeah. Rings in your ear, girl. I'm digging it so far, bro. <laughs> yes, yeah, New Kids hide, on LeBlanc, the Block, Naughty by Nature, way. Debbie Gibson, Ooh, Tiffany, and salt, salt and Pepper. New like Kids are
1: they're okay. They're they're okay. a little bit new, but wait, wait, the rest of them um, straight get up. Get
0: 84 in high school, I'm telling you. I like how
1: it's produced. So we things that Take me back to all that fun. think about like 1988.
0: Yeah. Get the same beat. That was the year I came into this world. Missed it, man. You never saw the big hair. <laughs> Not when you could appreciate it. Ladies. Yeah,
1: that's that's getting into the early '90s there. I think. Oh
0: yeah, it all kind of blurs together. There's salt pepper the right there. Yeah, just, uh, I just those boys. It, when Madonna was doing
1: it like a virgin, oh, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> that, man. That's
0: pretty good. Salt and pepper, it's hard to beat, man. Oh, I love them.
1: It's hard to beat. Push it's still one of my favorite songs. It's <laughs> so good, so good. Ah, uh, well. That had to be, let's see, Push It had to be like 87, 88, somewhere in that area. Yeah.
0: I would think. It all blurs together, though. It's funny how time does And the like, greatest, trick like that. one of the greatest commercials ever. Mm-hmm. It was one of those,
1: I can't remember which uh, of the insurance commercials. And it's one of those, you know, we, we we cover this or we can do or what have you. And the guy's out there mowing his grass. Yeah. And, and he has to stop. And from out of nowhere, Salt and Pepper, they come up and they start singing, Shut up, push it. Shut up, push it. He goes back to pushing his lawnmower. You, you have to
0: see it to appreciate it. Great commercial. Well, and now I'm going to shift gears a little bit. No, it's a serious thing. Um, no, it, it has to do with what today is Columbus Day. Now some people want to call it Indigenous People's Day. I have whatever you want. My to call good it. friend um over at Fee, Dan Sanchez. Uh-huh. Uh he wrote a play or wrote a piece, and it's something I think he's been thinking about for a while. Uh he's really fallen in love with the the comic book Superman. Like the true idyllic Superman character, the one who like okay. saved there's this famous uh comic uh, in addition to Superman, I can't remember where it's from. Uh, Troy sent it to me. Uh, Dan Sanchez sent it to me. Where it's a young boy at top of a roof about to commit suicide. He's about to jump. And Superman kind of talks him out. He doesn't s- just swoop in and catch him. The brilliance of it is, with all Superman's powers, he doesn't force the kid not to jump. And let well, him make the decision He himself. talks to him. Mm-hmm. And, and w- literally talks him down from uh, the edge. And Dan Sanchez's point is, you know, Columbus... And let's be clear, folks. Columbus, if you look at the history... Now, I was taught in school, you know, 1492. Columbus sailed the ocean blue, blah, 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 blah. It's fine to be critical of, like, so-called heroes or icons, I think. Especially, like, a guy who... It wasn't just that Columbus was a slaver. He, like, helped make the slave trade happen across the Atlantic. Like, his role in that is fairly... He, he shorted the path right. at very, a bare minimum. Very, very pivotal. And there's a lot of history there. But if that's the point of that is to go, hmm, the, the West isn't worth anything, then I think we're missing the point. I'm more than happy to say, like, George Washington did tell lies occasionally you know john adams was had, did have authoritarian tendencies too much thomas jefferson did was a sphinx and full of contradictions he wrote about not wanting slavery but he expanded you know the nation in a way that he knew would have all sorts of slavery he would be against john adams building up the navy but when he gets that navy he goes and uses it himself and like the against the barbary pirates so I'm all for like looking back, especially in history that's over a century old, and going, okay, this was bad, this was good, these are complex, interesting people. It doesn't have to be a propaganda fight all the time. But Dan Sanchez gets into, it's. we shouldn't get caught up arguing over, is Columbus good or bad? I and mean, what should we call it, Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day? He actually wants, why don't we just have a Superman Day? Ah, you may object, right, Stan Sanchez, but Columbus was real and Superman isn't. And Snyder, the more recent like Superman with Henry Cavill, the darker kind of Superman, mm-hmm. that Superman's more realistic dealing with like all sorts of like the trauma of collateral damage and accidentally killing innocent people in war. I mean, that's more of a realistic Superman than the iconic Superman. And Dan Sanchez says, well, his answer to all those objections and questions is, so? So what? Heroes don't need to be real or even realistic to perform their psychological function. They don't even need to offer humanly attainable standards of virtue and excellence. They only need to present ideals of moral character, health, etc., for us to aspire toward those ideals. What we really need to celebrate is a Superman Day. And I just love that point that he made it today. Because, I, knew, again, talking about the boredom. I'm so tired of the damn, same damn arguments. Indigenous Peoples' Day, Columbus was terrible. Like, no, I, how dare you? How dare you question our... You would be here without Columbus. You're trying to rewrite our history. Yeah. And then I saw the jokes and stuff. that Actually, Christopher Columbus directed Home Alone too. Yeah, yeah, he did. (laughs) But to see this message of okay, and and this is actually how I view history, why I find these fights boring and silly. How much do we think we actually know objectively about Christopher Columbus? There are records I'm sure people wrote down. There are stories, like there are oral histories people have passed on. But think about how little, even with instant communication and technology and video and instantaneous photographs, do we agree on?
1: Not much, right? Because people still question Barack Obama's birth certificates, yes, and he do that. he elevated
0: himself to president of the United States. People do all sort. We can't agree with all these abil- ways of verifying fact. It's very difficult to even agree on anything. So let's go back, you know, 400 years, 500 years, let alone ancient history. But these characters might as well be just that characters. Hopefully they're real people and we're getting closer to the truth. But the early historians of this country in particular didn't see their role as historians of like taking a perfect sketch of what's happening. They said, no, nah, what we need to do is kind of look at George Washington, and look at Jefferson, look at Adams, look at Hamilton, and, and write mythical stories that stretch the truth and inspire the nation to good deeds. That's where the cherry tree crap comes from, and, and that he never told a lie. That was a moral tale to inspire the children of the nation. And the way I would put it is they were not painting a portrait.
1: You know, when you when you have a portrait painted of one of your children, we never have, you have to sit, and you sit there, and the guy sketches you out, and you come for sittings, and they're actually painting an exact portrait of at least, and it's still not perfect. No. It's still their interpretation, but it's pretty close. Right, right. They're painting a picture of what they think somebody else is, and that's what history is.
0: Right. For the most part. And so when you make a day for somebody, like Columbus or MLK Day or... Hell, even, I know it's around here in these parts, Robert E. Lee Day. What you're doing is not necessarily... like Number one, those people aren't alive anymore. So it's not like you're personally... Offending them or holding them or praising them or flattering them. They're not here at the moment. And even if they're somewhere else in the ever after. I'd imagine the ever after's a little better than here. I damn sure hope. <laughs> I've
1: got better things to do. If they ever make right. a Southern Wood Day, I hope <laughs> I'm not flying around in heaven with my wings and going, "Oh, it's my day! Let
0: me go look and see what they're doing on Earth today." So the idea is okay. Like, let's inspire people by you know Columbus, you, you exploration, you know, seeking into the. Unexplored horizon, what's out there, and braving, creating new worlds. That's what it's supposed to be about. I mean, I, with, you know, that sort of crap. It's just, you find an icon in history, and you hold them up. And so, that's why I like the Superman Day idea. And he's not actually a real person. Everybody knows this. Superman is fictitious. And even... He's the classic Superman is so idealistic that it's not even close to being realistic. Yeah. And I think But he, it's a good thing to show people.
1: I think you may as well because I think all these holidays are just ginned up by yes. the state in order to give people a day off and pay them. <laughs> and for some reason the banks jumped in line and said, Hey, we're gonna get off too. What the hell's a bank doing off on Columbus Day? I know, ma'am. I, I bet it's just a silly season. Half the people that work in banks don't even know who Columbus is or what he did. <laughs> and if they did, they probably would disagree with what he did. We'll go to work. Right. Don't make me wait till tomorrow to put my paycheck in. Right. I mean, come on. We get paid on Monday, cuz. I know.
0: I need I, I need that money. <laughs> I need that money. So I can go get my curds at the fair. Hmm. Now I'm hungry. We only got four minutes here left. I'm going to have to come to the fair tonight. Yeah, we should come by and hang out for a second. Any, hadn't had any courage yet. But I just, again, trying to find things that surprise me. And the idea, and tomorrow night we'll have some folks in from uh, Quality Comics. Lee and some of the guys. we are talk pop culture, talk Rick and Morty, talk Superman a little bit. I'll bring that article up with them. Because people, there's been a shift, I think, with my generation. And I remember my parents said, what good are those video games going to do you? What good are these comic books going to do you? All this stuff. Well, actually, they inspire people who are maybe having a tough time. They allow people to come together and share a common story. And they help build and make sense of an ever-changing world. That's what those games and those comic books do. So it's a. I I think it's valuable, and then sometimes it's just stupid crap, too. Not everything has to be. (laughs) You can't take. I think there's an issue where you take something so seriously, nobody else can take you seriously. I've I've been that way at times. Sure, but it's a lesson
1: I've found. That's a a very, very, very valid point.
0: Whether it's politics or you're a fan of something. Like you're such a big Alabama you're such a big Bammer that you can't even see what objectively's happened on the field. A
1: religion or anything. anything. I remember anything. something just popped into my head. I remember being somewhere it was on Christmas Eve and this guy just runs up to me. And I am a I am a Christian. Yes. I believe in Jesus Christ. You I mean are. I'm a Protestant Christian. I mean, whatever you want to describe me as. And I remember this guy, I was at a McDonald's, and a guy runs up to me, and he grabs me on the shirt. And he pulls on my shirt, like kind of from behind, and says, hey, man, you know what tomorrow is? And I was like, uh, yeah. That's my brother's birthday. And I said, okay. I thought the guy was a moon bat. <laughs> he was like, you know who my brother is? I was like, no, I don't think I've ever met you before. Jesus! Jesus, my brother! Tomorrow's my brother's birthday! And I was like, uh, uh okay.
0: Sure, man. Uh, that don't work. That's going too far. Yeah. that I mean, that's not effective. Well, no, and also, if you take yourself so seriously that you're immune from criticism, or and even self-examination, I think there's a, a problem there. And I think everybody who's really thought about what it is they believe in, whether it's religion or politics or who's your favorite sports team or your favorite damn movies or what you do to relax, I think anybody who's really thought about it can kind of admit that. Now, at the end of the day, I do sometimes get annoyed. Like, people go, oh, I can't believe that people watch that wrestling crap. Like, you know, most people watch it, like, know that it's scripted, you big idiot. Like, why are you looking down on people? It's kind of just how anybody looks down on some... Actually, that's a... As they're watching their soap operas right. going, oh, I hope Marlena comes back from the dead again. <laughs> well, and I, more than half the time, if I can get somebody <laughs> like that to sit down and watch pro, professional wrestling with me, they'll get caught up in it, especially if it's a good match. And then half the time I'm watching it thinking it's hilarious because it's so bad. Like, so I'm a mix too. But I, that it happens so often that... It's something you're completely ignorant of and it's different, and you go, bah, make fun of it. I've done it. Everybody does it. Sure. But you have to have some room to bring those people into the fold. Like if they're making fun of you, don't take yourself so seriously that you get mad. Just go, well, oh, okay. And on Actually, the other hand what this thing's about. On the other hand, Joey, if you get criticized, don't get so
1: butt hurt right. that you just completely
0: fall out with somebody. So you heard it here first, ding-dongs and butt munches and ass hats. Don't get so butt hurt. Don't get sick in the ass. That's right. Just enjoy yourself. A bunch of butt lickers. <laughs> Cabbage head. <laughs> I'll be back tomorrow night, folks. Thank you, Southernwood. <laughs>
1: Joey Clark.